Up next, the two-hour expanded edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Greetings to all of you Southern Californians, aliens, extraterrestrials, legal aliens, illegal aliens, whoever may be out there listening, welcome to yet another edition. Even though we got one letter in the mail yesterday, I know there's at least one person listening. Actually, we did a few more than that on Saturday, so we're still here going berserk on KFOX. Today's topic is all about loneliness. Something that a lot of us don't like to admit that we have, even though it goes with the turf of being human. For a lot of us, it's scary being in this body. This illusion of separation we have chosen can seem very claustrophobic. And I think that part of life is learning to embrace your loneliness, love what you have inside yourself, and also to realize that you also have the universe inside your heart. We're going to take a look at different astrological aspects in the natal chart that can create more of a gap in our lives or more of a feeling of loneliness or being alone. And even those of us that choose or claim to be the most together and the most unalone, people that surround us with spouse, family, children, pets, kids, it's like you say to yourself, well, why are you doing all this? Well, I'm getting married, having children, getting pets, and moving to a big city because I don't want to be alone anymore. And even though uh, actually some of the loneliest people in the world are actually married, and have children and live in big cities. And we actually find a lot of these people that are comfortable with themselves in the mountains in a quiet little shack somewhere about 8,000 feet altitude. They're the ones that are totally in touch with the whole world. And on the other hand, they don't feel the loneliness as much. I do find a couple of things, a couple of really interesting points. And I'm not putting anyone down because I have been an infamous meat eater in my life. I have sacrificed thousands of animals into my body even though now I'm proudly a total vegetarian for this last month or so because of some recent experiences I've had, I still have been guilty of going back and forth. So this is the first time I've been a pure vegetarian in many years when I was for five years in the 70s. But at the same time, I have noticed a totally different attitude. Maybe it's because I'm sensitive. Maybe it's because I'm vulnerable. Maybe it's because my chakras are more open. Or maybe it's because I'm just becoming more aware of animal consciousness on this planet and some of the torture and some of the experiments and some of the slaughter that's going on. But I am aware of feeling a lot more comfortable with myself, and my fear levels have dropped dramatically. Now, I have always felt that because the body is the temple of the soul, and because throughout history, in many magical ceremonies and sacred ceremonies, there has always been an animal sacrifice. I'll remind you of the Jewish Passover tradition, where the lamb's blood, the sheep were sacrificed, and the lamb's blood was placed on the doorway to help keep away the angel of death, whatever and whoever that was. And I will also remind you that many of us have traditional celebrations like Thanksgiving and like Christmas and, of course, many other holidays where we do eat the meat, we do consume the living beings. And once again, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty because everyone in their own pace, of course, is going to do what they want to do, so I'm not putting you down if you eat meat just because I'm currently not. It just says something from my current growth. But still, on the same token, I wanted to share this experience with you. 
because I do find that the way we do have this animal bureaucracy on this planet as far as uh, the consumerism and the slaughter chambers that are used to process the animals, it's pretty frightening. And I don't know if you've ever been to a slaughterhouse or anywhere nearby and to smell what's in the air, but it's a pretty satanic operation. <laughs> and when people do take dead animals into their body, depending on what they're thinking or what they're feeling, I feel it can become even more so manifest because you are taking life which is sacred, killing it, and then consuming it inside the temple of the soul, the human body. No wonder there's a high precedence of heart disease and cancer in people that eat a lot of meat and a lot of beef, for example. And uh, you know, a lot of people have also commented that the human intestinal tract is not really geared for meat consumption. We'd be better off with beans and seeds and whole grains and fruits and such. It's a lot more calmer and more comfortable on our digestive tract. The point is, of this situation, is along the lines of psychic and spiritual growth, when you get to a point where you're finally able to give up the cigarettes and you're finally able to give up the drinking and you're finally able to give up the drugs and the alcohol and then you're finally able to do things like meditate and pray and chakra control and astral projection, finally able to do all that, you get to a point in your growth pattern that you become so psychic and so sensitive and so vulnerable to the ether that exists, as far as the spiritual ether that exists, that you can actually feel the vibration of things that much easier. So in many ways, it's almost ludicrous for someone to smoke pot when they're evolved in the spirit because it can shock your chakra systems and actually you could black out from it, if you know what I mean. Same thing, if a person is that spiritual and that evolved and that psychic and that aware, then many times, from what I have experienced, if you had a hamburger or if you had a piece of chicken or turkey, right? And even though people say, well, I never eat red meat, you're still eating animals, right? The thing is, is that the animal goes through a tremendous amount of fear and loneliness and abandon and terror because, first of all, it is in the slaughterhouse it is totally aware of what is going on, that millions of creatures like unto itself are being killed for consumption purposes, and that the state of mind that these creatures are in when they are destroyed is just hellacious, right? Then we go to our friendly fast food burger place or whatever and have a burger, and everything's real sweet, and on TV you have all these people that are dancing around and, and acting cool and everything, and, and hey, have a burger, you know, uh, double cheese, triple cheese, all that stuff. And then you're not really given the total picture of what goes on in the slaughterhouses and such. But the point is, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad here. I'm just opening this up for conversation. If you have any comments, I'd love to hear it. Because I'm not saying I'm perfect because I have been a meat eater and I may even go back to it. But the point is that when you get to a point of psychic and spiritual evolution, when you are so sensitive to the vibrations that exist on this planet, so very sensitive to these vibrations, that when you do consume meat, especially fish, believe it or not, because fish will go through actually a situation when they are caught where they also experience terror and abandonment and loneliness and finality. So also people say, well, they write fish off like they're nothing, you know, like they're not animals. But they're creatures from another dimension because the ocean is a totally different dimension than, than our air-based uh, world up here. So it's a totally different karma to consume fish. But the point of this issue is, is that when you do consume meat, even if you consume it lightly, like once or twice a week. Some people go, well, I don't eat that much meat. I just sacrifice a fish or a chicken into my body once or twice a week, right? What you're doing is you are manifesting things in your life that more intensely so, sometimes negative things. If you happen to be worried or frightened, it can magnify that much more. 
But on top of all that, you are also absorbing the vibration of the creature that you are digesting, right? So we do find that people that are into violence and aggression, you know, many times like football players will be given lots of beef and lots of chicken and lots of meat, you know, for protein. People that are into sports and athletic competition, a lot of focus is placed on heavy protein diets. No wonder they're so aggressive. And the thing is, is that what you're doing is when you get all this vibration, you are absorbing the terror and the fear and the abandonment and the loneliness of these creatures as they're being slaughtered. And I have found that since I've been total vegetarian about the past month, that my fear levels, and even Farley Maller is his subject to being scared, believe it or not, but they have totally left. My level of being frightened or alone, it seems to be I'm living under a totally different vibe. And this is something I'm totally familiar with because when I was eating burgers, I would be aware of eating a burger and the next day having a nightmare, <laughs> a horrible, terrible, frightening nightmare where I actually seemed like I was the animal going through the slaughterhouse. And I've talked to some people about this, some of my high teachers and high masters, and they have made comment to me that, Farley, you know, you've reached a certain level in your growth now where a lot of people, of course, will make a personal choice to be a vegetarian and not eat meat. But sometimes in your growth path, when you reach certain echelons, it's not only not proper, it's not logical, it's not fun <laughs> to consume meat anymore because there seems to be a price you pay along with the consumption. Now, a lot of us automatically are people that feel alone. We just don't have that many friends. We haven't had that many good or even any relationships. The family life wasn't so close. I read an article in the paper about Magic Johnson where he admitted that his father was his best friend. He was quoted in the paper saying that this is a man who's able to call his dad up, go hang out with him, do things with him, shoot hoops, whatever, and talk for hours. And I thought to myself, I was so envious and jealous, and I thought of so many billions of children that don't have that option, where they can be a best friend with a parent. I thought, no wonder Magic is so successful. No wonder he's so proud. No wonder he reflects so much happiness. This is a man who's been blessed with a father that has made a major gap in his life available to his son as a best friend. How would you like it if your dad popped in on you or called you up or called you up and said, hey, Farley, let's go out and go have some lunch. And I'm not putting my dad down because my dad is a busy guy. He's involved in his activities. He has all of his stuff he has to do. And when I'm with him, we do have fun. And of course, when I was younger, we did hang out, but it was more like a student teacher than a friend thing. But still, I saw that and I thought, wow, magic really has a closeness and a relationship with a parent that is so important. And so many millions and billions of people on this planet don't have that, not even with one parent, not with one, where you can feel like you can be a buddy. Now, my mom, on the other hand, is somebody that I've hung out with and brought her down to the station, go out to lunch with on occasion, sit down and talk for hours too, you know, and have that fun. So it's so important that we have that. But, you know, what I'm talking about here in capsule is if you live a life that has the symptoms of loneliness, where you don't feel best friends with one or both of your parents, where you really don't have any good friends you can depend on or feel that close to, someone that you'd give the keys to your boat to and say, here, go off. There's something about him you don't trust, right? Or you don't have a woman or a man in your life romantically that even if they're there, you don't feel that closeness. You already have the symptoms of feeling set apart from society where you don't feel like you belong or you are connected to anyone or anything. You are alone and you know it. Then you have these elements in your chart that add to it, right? Maybe one too many Scorpio planets, maybe one too many Pisces planets or one too many Cancer planets where you're already super vulnerable, super sensitive, uh, super intuitive, 
and super aware of the separation you have because of the psychic abilities you might share. And then on top of that, you've had your share of meat in your life and you're still eating meat. So you're also absorbing this vibration of fear and terror and loneliness and abandonment from the animals that you're digesting. So what happens? Well, look at the state of the world we're in. A lot of people that are in this lonely shape, that really all they need is a regular hug and a best friend they can count on. And if we had a real family of man on this planet, then that would be something that we could really enjoy. We could really feel that we're really not alone and connected. But we don't have a family of man yet on this planet. What we do have is a whole bunch of insecure, totally terrorized, frightened puppies that are reaching out and trying to claim their aggressiveness through violence. It's almost like, why does a child become a criminal? A child becomes a criminal because they're alone, because they're afraid, because they have no choice, and the only people they can affiliate with end up being people that are almost likened to scum, because they're the same way. They're just as lonely and afraid. Society actually rejects its children. And whether it's from the family level or the school level or whatever, there is no family of man, there's no oneness of God, there's no humanitarianism, that should be naturally inbred in all of us. It is missing. It is gone. So we go through life, a lot of us, and we sit at home alone, and we cry about it, or we get stoned, or we get drunk, or we run away somehow. We go into some kind of escapist lunacy, like the television set, or movie after movie, right? Never ever really truly admitting to ourselves that we're alone. That's the feeling. We're just damned alone, and we don't like it. We're scared about it. We're scared of living. We're scared of dying. We're scared of being apart from the whole thing. You know, I think the purpose of this show, more than anything else, is to tell you that you're not alone, that it's a big trick, that it's a travesty, it's an illusion, it's a hallucination, it's a hologram. But still, so many things that we do on Earth symptomize this manifestation of the feelings of loneliness that can bring us down and make us so depressed and so irritable, so you don't have a best friend in your father like Magic Johnson. And so you don't have a best friend in the world. So you've never had a decent relationship. Maybe you're a virgin or a celibate for any reason or you haven't had a relationship for years. So what? You can't walk around your life and torture yourself because you weren't raised with a silver spoon in your mouth. What I prefer to do is look in the mirror and say, there's my best friend. There's a spirit inside of this person. There's a higher self connected to this person. There is the source of God consciousness, which plugs into the terminals of all living entities throughout all dimensions, which is what I am. So in some capsule, in essence, the entire universe resides inside of my heart and mind. I talked to an ex-girlfriend who is a current friend this morning, and she made a comment to me. She says, don't you miss me sometimes? Don't you want to see me? I bet you missed me. And I say, no, I don't really miss you because you're inside my heart. One of the ways I overcome losing you and the rejection of losing you in the relationship is because I embrace the fact that you're with me always, (laughs) as you all are with me always. So one of the points of this show and many shows that I do on the Astrology Hour is to let you know that you are not alone because the universe is inside of your heart. And when you come to grips with that fact that you are God, you are the world, you are the universe, you are the megaverse, and just because you have the illusion of being in this body and separate from the whole dimensions, forget it. It's a fake. It's a phony. It's a travesty. And there's no reason why your aloneness should hold you down. If you want to continue to eat meat, fine. But just be aware of this terror vibration you may be absorbing from the consciousness of the animal that you are digesting. These animals are not being given funerals. They are not being buried. They are not being sacredly sent into the light. They are being consumed by billions of people on this planet. So if you want to know where hell is, then it's right here on Earth, right now. 
Somebody asked me once, do you believe in hell? Yeah, go to a slaughterhouse. I'll show you something worse than a concentration camp if you want to see what it looks like to see a bunch of cows beheaded over and over again for hundreds of years. And I'm not trying to frighten anyone or freak anybody out or make anybody mad at me because my purpose is to try and teach and to open some people's mind and to try and find the truth somewhere or other and also to come up with some philosophy and some reasoning that can help us all feel better about ourselves and about our lives so we don't have to continue to torture ourselves. All you need is love, and all it is, it's right inside of you, and that's all everyone is. That's the God force, the God essence, and it's a shame to let yourself be fooled by this illusion called life. So don't get wrapped up into this illusion of separation. Overcome it. Work on your own self-love, self-esteem, and realize that you have the whole package right inside your own heart. Everyone and everything and every essence of every vibration of every dimension is right there inside you. You need seek no further. So stop being so insecure. Right, Farley, it's real easy to say, isn't it? (laughs) It's a little bit harder to do, isn't it? The two-hour expanded edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. And my name is Farley Malaris, your teacher, uh, trying to do the best I can. I never, ever claim to be an expert or someone that is a know-it-all. I throw out tons of food for thought. I'm always looking for further suggestions and comments on any topic I may give out. So I do appreciate that if you give us those comments. Incredibly so. I do get letters from people that say I'm conceited. I have a big ego. I don't know what I'm talking about. And They don't leave names, addresses, or phone numbers when they do that. I just prefer someone calling up and sharing calmly with me if they have further information. I'd love to hear it or further philosophies. Why not? You know, as long as they're courteous about it and not a jerk. I just think that it's not easy for people to overcome their loneliness for some of us because a lot of us have been abandoned repeatedly and a lot of us have been rejected repeatedly and a lot of us have consumed a ton of meat in our lives and a lot of us have sort of been given scripts or commands from people around us when we were growing up and we were in high school and college and in business, little things that made us feel small, okay, or made us feel alone. And it's not easy to overcome this sometimes overnight. A lot of times you have to throw off the anchor of addiction, drug addiction and alcoholism to help free your spirit so you can make some proper choices to strive on that path of feeling one with the universe. It's not something that comes around overnight for all of us, although for others it does. Throwing off the nicotine demons is not something that people can do right away unless they're real strong. If they're stronger than the demon, why not? You know. But the thing is, is that step by step, an inch by inch, <laughs> when you do throw off these anchors that are holding down your spirit and closing down your chakras, when you do open your chakras, when you do evolve your awareness and you do become more one with people, you start to feel the oneness that you have with people, with animals. A few weeks ago, I had a few baby birds that were less than a week old die in my hands. I watched, they showed me how to die. They actually said, Farley, we're going to show you what it's like to leave this dimension and go into the light. It was a very frightening thing to watch those baby birds die. And when I saw those little infant children die in my hands, it turned me off to eating meat. (laughs) At that point, I said, no, I'm not going to even eat fish and chicken after this. Frankly, if you do have a setback and you do have a piece of meat or a piece of fish or whatever, if you are that evolved and you are that aware, you will feel the terror almost instantly. It's not like something you can just take an experiment with because it does come right back to you. Along the lines of spiritual growth and spiritual evolution, there's a big responsibility attached to it. There's a new kind of fear that comes along 
with feeling one with the universe and one with God and one with people and animals because a lot of people on this planet are frightened and you plug into their vibration when you become more aware. That's why those of us involved in the spiritual movement on this planet are crying out to the planet to evolve and to change and to metamorphosize and let go of the old and expound upon the new because we feel the terror and we feel the fear. We're doing everything we can to manifest the light of love and hope and oneness to overcome these illusions. You ever met a hostile Christian in your life? I respect Jesus Christ more than anyone probably on this planet. But you ever meet somebody that comes up to you that's a born-again or a fundamentalist, and they try to give you a hard time because you're into astrology? And I term these people as hostile Christians. I thought Christian was supposed to be brotherly love and hope and faith and courage and sharing and generosity and harmonic convergence. A lot of these born-again Christians, they're so naive in their faith that they attack the rest of the world. Now, have they changed at all? No, I, I doubt it. I don't think their new religion has really changed their, their methods any. I think they're, they're probably more hostile now than they were before they became religious. But that's the way people are. People are so frightened and they're so scared and they're searching for truth and answers that when they hold on to anything, they become a fanatic with it. And if the rest of the world isn't into it, they put them all down. They give them a hard time. They become more hostile and worse than they were before they got into it. So this loneliness thing is a very, very powerful and important factor that we're dealing with on this planet and something we must help all people to overcome. We must help all people feel loved and feel respected no matter what their beliefs or no matter what their race or creed or religion or color political affiliation is. We are still all one. We are family of man and that's what the Aquarian ethic is all about. Okay? With that, we are ready to go to the phones. Now, Mona is a Taurus with Leo rising. It must be important to talk to me, Mona. You've been holding for a long time. Well, I don't mind. (laughs) Well, thank you. I think your show is wonderful. It's worth every minute. Thank you. Sure. I just had a general question on what you can tell me about my rising sign vibration. What degree is it? Um, gosh, let's see here. 16. 16 Leo vibration? Yes. Hey, no problem. (laughs) The 16 Leo vibration is the passing of crisis, Hmm. a cry for a new beginning, a seeking of mastery over ego. Oh, I see. So if you've ever, when you ever overcome crisis and ego, you've made it. Okay? Very interesting. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Dorothy now in Aquarius. Hi. Hi, how are you? Very good. I'm the first-time listener, and you've really hit some subjects that I am interested in. First of all, I'd like to say amen on your born-again Christian subject. (laughs) I got attacked the other day. (laughs) You know, a hostile Christian came down on me, and I was really terrorized by it. I thought, my God, this is supposed to be the Christian ethic, huh? (laughs) Well, my mother was a born-again Christian, and we've always lived a pretty good life. And one day she said to me something like, are you going to church? And I said, it depends on how my daughter feels, because she had broken out with measles. And she said, well, you really should, you know. And I said, Mother, if this Christian life is all as good as you say it is, why don't you just live it instead of trying to sell it to people? Right. And so she backed off, and I think maybe it helped her to be a better Christian just by me reminding her that she didn't have to sell something if it was all that good. People would be wanting to buy it. I mean, if Jesus Christ was alive... I am sure, as he got in front of the Christian horde, right, the masses, that the first thing out of his mouth would probably be to not give anyone a hard time. Yeah. To act as brother and sister and to embrace them for whatever they are. It's like, by example, truth. Right, or the golden rule. Exactly. And and these Christians, they come down on you like the Nazis on Poland, and when they're done, it's like, my God, astrology's not of Satan, it's just something that I'm into, and right away they've got you on the cross and nailed to it, and they're supposed to be Christian, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a, an ex-smoker 
is much harder on people who smoke than a person who smoked at all. <laughs> exactly. I know. Anyway, I have a couple of other things that I wanted to mention. One was on best friends, and I am very proud to say that my daughter and I have always been best friends, but I've raised her alone since she was a year and a half old, and she's going to be 30 pretty soon. All right. And the loneliness kind of came in after she got grown and didn't need me anymore, so I became a workaholic after that mm-hmm. to alleviate some of the loneliness. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned something about worrying. And I heard something that maybe your listeners would like to put in their pockets and carry around with them because it was an expression that says, worry is the interest you pay in advance for a debt you may never owe. There you go. I love that. Isn't that a good one? Mom, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) Worry is the interest you pay for a debt you may never owe. Thank you. Okay. God bless you. Okay, now I need to ask a couple more things. First of all, I'm undergoing major surgery next Monday. Okay. And I'm an Aquarian, and I was wondering if you could kind of Give me a little bit more faith than I already have. Well, the best thing going for you, even though I can't make any guarantees because I'm not a doctor, right. is it is a Virgo moon and it is a moon tri-Neptune, which should be good for the surgeon, for most surgeons. Okay. And also, the sun is in Gemini, which couldn't really hurt really that much at all, I wouldn't think. But uh, overall, the best thing I like to avoid is too many Scorpio planets, which aren't happening on that day. Great. And, you know, i got to go, Dorothy, because I can only allow actually one comment to call her. i got a whole bunch of people here. Okay. Thank nice you. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go to Juana now, a female, a Capricorn Scorpio rising. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hi. Wonderful topic. Thank you. You really give me strength to make decisions I have to make. Oh, uh, you give me strength. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Okay. I, I'm calling up because I, I, I like to have a compatibility. Compatibility? Yeah, not, not compatibility. <laughs> okay, is this with another woman or a man? No, 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 man. Okay. Um, what's his birthday? birthday 9-15-44. Oh, an older gentleman? Well, he's not that old. Okay. I think that this is probably, uh, close to a match made in heaven. Yeah. Because his Venus and Mars are both in Libra with Neptune. And your Mars is in Libra, so there's a real good Libra connection there that makes for a nice flow uh, mentally and emotionally both. So it appears to be pretty darn good, in my opinion. Okay? Hit, huh? Thank you. Yeah, it's a hit. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's a double. Let's go over here to line five and talk to Suzanne's August 14th, 54, Taurus Rising. Hi. Hi, Sally. How are you? A Leo day today. It is Leo day. I feel like I have lunch with you every day, and I had my spaghetti, and I feel really guilty now. What's for dessert? <laughs> well, why do you feel guilty about eating spaghetti? Well, because it had meat in it. Oh. Just a little bit. But the reason I probably turned a lot of people off to meat today. It's like, you know, finally, not these kind of topics during lunch. <laughs> um, the reason I called is I had a very strong dream about a very strong earthquake today. Today? Yes. Uh-huh. And I've had my chart done, and it does show ESP and clairvoyance, and I have had premonitions before. Is that why I'm wearing my seatbelt right now? <laughs> you know, I'm so scared. I don't even want to go back to work. Huh. Well, I don't think it's hot enough. There may be a quake in Southern California, but I don't think it's hot enough in L.A. Usually we get hit with the scorching heat. Uh-huh. That may tend to really change the plate activity because of the contraction and are the expansion from the change of temperature. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, I did put an earthquake watch on the beginning of the show. Yeah, I did hear that. Because of the moon and the sun. It's the moon and the sun both oppose Saturn and Uranus. It's actually moon, sun, Venus, and Mercury mm-hmm. all oppose Saturn and Uranus. So there may be an earthquake somewhere. You know, I hope it's not L.A., but I don't know. I'm not afraid of quakes anymore. 
I try hard not to be afraid of death or dying. I'm afraid of serious injury more than anything else, you know. Well, I have a quick compatibility question for you for someone who was born now January 10th, 52. Uh, January 10th, 52? Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, let's see. What's his rising? Oh, I don't know. Uh, that's real important. If he's Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn rising, that would be good. Once again, he does have Venus and Sag, and you have Mars and Sag, even though they're not eclipsing each other. We do find that many times compatible couples are those that where the man has Venus in Sag and the woman would have Mars in the same sign. So there appears to be some kind of connection there. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Benita is another Leo. Hi. Hi. As far as I know, my rising sign is Leo. At least I've been told that. Pretty tough cookie, huh? <laughs> I'm feeling kind of weak at the moment. Aww. I just came back from spending a week in Dallas with some charismatic Christian ministers. I'm Jewish. Okay. And um, what you said was interesting to me. I had an agreement with them beforehand that I was Jewish, and I intend to stay Jewish, and I didn't want them to shove their religion down my throat for a whole week. Yeah. And we did have one, you know, their obligatory conversation where they told me, you know, that they thought my soul wasn't saved and all this business. <laughs> And I had to use the word obnoxious five times <gasps> to get the conversation to come to a halt. So they actually, they lied to you because they said they weren't going to do this. Right. And but against they their... do it because they're taught that I'm going to die and they're going to live and they want to save my life. So they broke their Christian ethic by lying to you. <laughs> so they're doomed now to hell. Well, I was about to use the word obscene, but I didn't have to go quite that far. <laughs> okay. But, you know, all my friends here in L.A. told me, just don't have that conversation with them. Just refuse to have the conversation. But, you know... If nobody ever talks to them, they don't know that they're obnoxious. If nobody ever tells them that they're obnoxious, what they're saying, and, and points it out to them. And I came back and I talked to Christians and said they're deeply ashamed of, of these people, the name they're giving to Christianity, that they're deeply ashamed of, of that brand of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And nobody tells them that either. They just talk to each other. They talk to each other and people who are convertible. Yeah, I think it's this thinking, this thing where people feel that they have the final truth. It's like... You write a book, you pass it down through many, many dictatorships. Then you say, God wrote it. There's this song that I heard today. It's called Dear God. I heard it on another station that I work with. And in the song, it talks about how man really created God more than God created man. (laughs) So in a way, all these people walking around with the Bible saying, Word of God, Word of God. You know, the thing is, is that I say to them, like, gosh, you know, I, I would admit there would be some truth and some philosophy in the book. But still, I never like to form any bottom lines when it comes to finality, this life, death, heaven, and hell, torture, and pleasure syndrome, it seems to be more satanic than spiritual. I don't believe that God is a vibration that really will logically want to torture and punish people. I believe that would be more of a satanic ethic. Well, one thing I said to the woman at some point in the conversation was, I said, if you could preface what you're saying with, in my opinion or in my interpretation of the Bible, then we could have a conversation. And she said, I can't do that. Yeah. She didn't know that she was expressing opinions or interpretations. She didn't know that. Right. She thought she was just telling you the truth. <laughs> and then when it came to racism, I was so shocked because I thought that being Christians and being Southerners, that they would have racist feelings, but they would swallow their feelings and say the right thing because they were Christians. And they didn't. Mm. They quoted the Bible to me. Right. It proved to me there was, that the racism was correct. And I thought, I mean, this is Dallas. It's a big interview. <laughs> it had been in the Ozark Mountains or something, you know. Can you believe the way people are? And I think that Christ would... I I think we'd witness Christ vomiting if he came back to life and said, this is what my legacy is? Give me a break, you know? I thought the South had come 
farther. I haven't been to the south before, but I thought it had come along farther than, than well, that. Well, you know what I said to this one girl? I said, I, I dare I dare say that if Jesus Christ appeared in this room right now, that you probably would not know him. She says, why is that? And I says, well, you don't recognize the truth and the spirit and the love inside my heart. How could you probably, how could you recognize it inside his? Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, thank you. I got to go, Benita. Okay. Bye-bye. Let's go to Christina now, another Leo. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. You're good? Just good? I'm you mean fine. you're not super califragilistic, expialidocious or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to um, a couple of astrologers, and each one has said different things. I'm a Leo, but I don't know what my rising sign is or my moon because everybody said different things. And so well, do you have a, I would like a, a general scan. Do you have a time of birth? Yes. Do you have a city of birth? Yes. Well, if you send that to me, I'll try to give you the accurate findings. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what I do see in your chart, it appears you have a Sagittarius moon. Were you born in the morning or the evening? I was born at 12.05 a.m. Aha, uh-huh. you might have a... 12.55 a.m. 12.50, you might have a Scorpio moon then. Are you real sensitive and you hold a lot of things in? Yes, I'm a Leo, but I'm a quiet type Leo. And that's like people are always saying, you're not typical Leo. Yeah, well, you do have a heavy cancer factor. When you're a Leo with Venus and Mars and Cancer and Jupiter, we call that mucho sensitivo, which, which means real sensitive. It's like you know you're vulnerable and you probably know by now to stay away from situations that seem too abrasive or too explosive or too aggressive. You you like to be nurtured and fondled and caressed and cared for and not abused or used or manipulated. So On one hand, I'm really aggressive. On the other hand, I'm very sensitive too. In career and maybe in sports or exercise, and daily activities, getting things done, you might be very aggressive, but as far as romance and dealing with people, I think you needed to be treated kind of tenderly here, huh? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a compatibility question. What are the two rising signs that people have guessed you to be? Aries and Taurus. Aries and Taurus. Well, whatever I'll give you, we'll probably clear that up. So if you send for your chart, we'll try to figure that out. Who are you dating? A gentleman? Yes. Okay. When's his birthday? His, you mean you're still October, dating him yet? He's October 26th and he's 50 years old. And um, October 26th, what year? Well, he's 50 years old this year. He'll be 51, so... So you like older men, huh? <laughs> well, not necessarily. Depends upon the individual. So 1937, then? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, October 26th. Now, you are shown a problem here with relationships this year. Mm-hmm. Is he married? No. Is he going with somebody else? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Well, is he in a mood to commit to you, or is he kind of play you arm's length? Right now, it's kind of at the middle situation where he's starting to show a willingness to more commitment. Do you fight a lot? No, we don't ever fight. It's just I always get the feeling that he's very sensitive, even though he doesn't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. Well, his Venus in Libra is square your Venus and Mars in Cancer, so this is a real challenge for you. Like, there's not the clear compatibility we would find if you had a man who had Venus in Cancer like I have or or Venus in Pisces or Scorpio, somebody with Venus who would complement your emotional needs. Venus in Libra can be not quite as warm as much as you'd like it to be. It can be kind of cold or occasionally too moody for you. Okay. So something to think about. And you, you are both shown tremendous karmic situations right now with relationships, so I would try not to be too obsessed with each other. I'd try to have fun with the relationship more than anything else. Okay? Okay. Okay, Christina, good luck. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, everybody, have a nice day. See you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM at 12 noon. Have a nice day.